0: gang uh tonight um you know we we took this this detour away from the life of moses because of something that i i pointed out a couple times in um in exodus six where he is taking charge and saying i will do this i will do this and so i thought it'd be a good thing to just take off and and uh concentrate on uh just deity just god god the father etc um Tonight, our subject is the Trinity. Um, Now, because so many people in the Christian world, I think, have such bad attitudes. Um about doctrine uh you know they they think and even say that you know there they're far more important things that we need to be discussing uh, talking about instead of doctrine I mean doctrine is just a little bit too dry i mean i'd i'd much rather hear something about how I can hack it on Monday morning, you know or do something on parenting you know we could all use a little bit of help on that parenting thing, you know, so do do something like that Um, <laughs> <coughs> Uh, (laughs) This is the honest truth Um, Years ago, I mean gosh 35 years ago I knew of a youth director who took his youth program to uh, The beaches of florida for their summer trip and their topic uh for that summer trip was How to use a hewlett-packard computer (laughs) Now that's pretty practical I guess I mean but that was that was what the church sanctioned for the youth to go on the youth trip to learn how to use a Hewlett Packard computer. I don't mean sure they make Hewlett Packard computers anymore, do they? Um, but anyway, I mean that's practical. I mean we could maybe I could teach you all of my um, my computer skills one one Wednesday night. It wouldn't take the whole Wednesday night, I can assure you. But um, um, but 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 the point is. Because I I know that there is such a desire to have, you know, on the part of God's people to have something, you know, that they can uh, uh, a takeaway, I guess. I always try, uh, not successfully at times, but I always try to to um, to include some kind of application of the doctrine of which I'm teaching. Um. We just finished up a little three-part series uh, within the bigger series on the sovereignty of god And that was easy. That was easy to apply Um, Spurgeon's the sovereignty of god is the pillow on which I lay my head in the times of trial You know, um that one was easy to apply Tonight we're talking about the trinity And that's not easy at all (laughs) It's not easy to apply or to give you some kind of takeaway as we take a look, maybe two weeks, tonight and, and next week, on the, on the doctrine of the Trinity. Um, if you're going to wait around for an application of this doctrine, either tonight or next week, you're probably going to have a pretty long wait. Because I'm not sure that I have anything for you. I could tell you um, um, that this doctrine of the Trinity is the great solution to the I-thou um, discussion within philosophical circles. Now, that'll warm your heart, now wouldn't it? You know what the i vow discussion is all about, don't you? Oh, sure you do. Um, it has to do with the, uh, the objection that God, if he is Unitarian, if you assume that he's a Unitarian God, um, that he could not be eternal love. Because love requires an object. And if he was Unitarian, there would be no objects to love, so therefore he could not be uh, eternal love. And it extends into the whole personality thing and relationships. That's the, uh, <clears throat> the debate that goes on in philosophical circles. About, and it's called the I-thou. Um, and, and may I be the first to inform you that the resolution to that great dilemma is to be found in the doctrine of the Trinity. Because God can be eternal love because he's loving other members of the Trinity. You know, he can't have personality, he can't have relationships because of this doctrine of the Trinity. Or I can tell you this. I could tell you that um, the doctrine of the Trinity is one of the essentials in the Christian faith. Uh, you know, there's not that many. Uh, and I guess the, um, the um, um, theologians, their, their lists differ. But you know, the essentials, you've heard the thing that uh, in the essentials, unity, and the non-essentials, lord but in all things church. <clears throat> but the essentials are Christology, that is our view of Christ, um, salvation by grace through faith alone, and then, of course, the Trinity. That's an essential. I mean, remember a couple of years ago, there was this big discussion of, uh, around about Is the God of Islam and the God of Christianity the same God? Aren't they the same God? Well, emphatically not. No. The the Islamic God is not Trinitarian. He's Unitarian. Allah. Um, And therefore, if these are essentials and that's one of the essentials, then Islam is a cult. Um, So I could... Tell you that Maybe that would be um, of some use to you in terms of application of the doctrine of the Trinity. Um, but um, it, we Christians really don't quibble much over this doctrine of the Trinity. We, we, um, we pretty much adopt it, although none of us fully understand it. So we're going to do a little bit of work uh, tonight and next week, Lord, Lord willing, on this doctrine of the Trinity and see where where it takes us okay guys um the doctrine of the trinity is the defining doctrine of christianity by that i mean this other world religions scoff at it saying how nonsensical it is it is a doctrine distinctly christian No other world religion offers a view of God that is so extraordinarily challenging as does Christianity. Um, And though the doctrine is above reason, it is not contradictory to reason. Um, But, folks... This is a doctrine that is purely revealed. Let me explain. The first thing I mean by that is, left to ourselves, you and I cannot call some kind of conflab and ever come up with the doctrine of the Trinity. We got it because it was revealed. Um, B.B. Warfield says it like this. It is a truth which has never been discovered. And it is indiscoverable by natural reason. Again, very frankly, one of the the proofs of Christianity is this doctrine of the Trinity. Um, Because you you just couldn't come up with it in and of yourself. You wouldn't come up with it. You couldn't and you wouldn't. You wouldn't wouldn't come up with this kind of view of God. It would be a way to... Oh, I don't know. Um, Counterintuitive, and and that it certainly is. Um, The doctrine of the Trinity, and and I'm going to, I'm going to really what I think is the best statement of it found anywhere, is found in the Westminster Confession of Faith, and that's what this is. This is really an old copy, and the Westminster Confession of Faith. If you, um, if you don't know has its doctrinal section, and then it has the larger catechism and the shorter catechism. Um, In the larger catechism, here is what, it's brief, here is what, here is the doctrine of the Trinity defined. There is but one only, the living and true God. There be three persons in the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are One true eternal God, the same in substance, equal in power and glory, although distinguished by their personal properties. That turn you on? That's the doctrine of the Trinity, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Gang. The doctrine of the Trinity is not discoverable by human reason. Then where did it come from? It's revealed. Um, Here's what happens. People sit down with this book and they say, hmm, I wonder what that means. They, they, They discover data that comes out of here and then they try to put it in and deliverable sentences which is called theology so what in the, the study of this book did they find well let me summarize it for you quickly and then we'll take a look here's the first thing they found there is but one God Remember the Deuteronomy 6 passage, hero Israel, the Lord your God is one. It's called the Shema. Um, so they found that there's, there's one God. What they also found is that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are each God. Each of them are God. And then they discovered, thirdly, that the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit are distinct persons. And then fourthly, they are equal, but there is a fixed order of existence. For example, when we pray, generally speaking, prayer is made to the Father through the Son in the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, redemption. Is from the Father through the Son by the Holy Spirit. Creation is from the Father through the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. So those are the four things that they found. And what came out of that was the doctrine of the Trinity. Now, Let's us all do that this evening together. Let's go look at some of the data. Okay? And see what we're going to... See what distillate we could come out of, come out with, once we've got data on our hands. Okay? Let's do that. That should be... Terrific, fun, I know you're going to have a great time doing this. Go to Genesis 1-1. Let's start there. Genesis 1-1. You know what that would be? That would be the first verse in the Bible. And the first verse in the Bible says this. In the beginning, God... Created the heavens and the earth. Okay, Jimmy, I knew that one. But I certainly don't see the Trinity there. Well, let me show it to you. Gang, the word that is translated God is the word Um, Elohim. You've heard that before. Uh, my little Lamed is not real good. Um, uh, this is an Aleph, Lamed, He, Mim. Um, and this is uh, Um And it's the word Elohim. You've heard of that. I mean, you've heard of... El Shaddai and El Roi, and all. well, there's the L right there. It's an Alpha and a Lamin with a little herrick down here, which turns it into an E eh sound. L Elohim. Are you impressed yet? Okay, the word Elohim that's translated God. <clears throat> Is a plural word. And the plural is right there. That's a plural word. Now, it gets better. In the beginning, God created the verb is singular. Now gang, in the English language, you may, you may remember um, that the, the number of the subject must agree with the number of the verb. I mean, do you remember the conjugation of the verb to be? Do you remember? I am, he, she, it is, and I am, you are. Uh, no, I am, uh, you, you, is, uh, uh, he, she, it is. Uh, We are you are they are okay got the singular and the plural over here. Okay Now if I were to write this All of the cars Is blue You'd say That boy was born in mississippi (laughs) Uh, He don't know good english Because everybody knows that the word cars is plural But is, is singular. You don't do that. You say, all the cars are blue. Because the subject and the predicate have to agree in terms of number. But in the opening verse of the Bible, you get a plural subject and a singular verb. Okay, so you're a Hebrew scholar and, and you're studying your Bible and you think, oh, well, that's very interesting. Now remember, where did this doctrine come from? It's purely revealed. And so what, is, uh, what happens is that we gather all the data and then we try to you know, assimilate it and put it all together and come up with a doctrine. Well, here's point number one. We got a, I got a plural God and a singular create. Mm. Well, no, you know, maybe we better uh, maybe we better think about that. But I just tore that one away. That's not the end of the world. I mean, no, listen, we'll, we'll come back to that. I mean, it might be just about a scribal error. I mean, the guy might have been born in Mississippi. Who knows? Um, but then, then we come to um, oh 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 verse two. Um, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the faith. and the spirit of God. What? Wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought God was doing this. Well, who's this other person that just got mentioned here? Oh my goodness, it's, a, it's another person and it says it's related to God. Huh, that's interesting. Okay, put that down in the notebook as fact number two. And then we come over to verse 26 of um, Genesis chapter one. Genesis 1, 26. Then God said let us make man in our own image did you see that us well i mean for heaven's sakes who is god talking to you know guys um i've told you this before uh the doctrine of the trinity just absolutely does judaism in um judaism has not yet i mean they don't know what's going on uh uh I'm going to say this because it's the actual truth and it's I'm just telling you I'm just telling you and and I I, I don't mind that It was gets online that I said this I, I it's because it just happened Guys uh, here's a book that I was given to read by a uh, it's it's a it's by a Jewish rabbi Entitled Howard Greenstein The author is Howard Greenstein Well Howard has a son um, his son is a, a Jewish rabbi here in Memphis, Tennessee. His name is Micah Greenstein. And he is quite a personable fellow. Uh, fit and trim and runs. He's just really a fit, personable guy. <laughs> but uh, he and I exchanged visits several years back. And... um, um he gave me books to read. He gave me this book to read by his father, which I did. And he gave me three others that I read all four of them. I never gave him a book to read, um, but um, I read all four of his books that he gave me to read. So the day that he came out to my office to, um, to just have a little meeting with me, I took him to this verse. Genesis 1, 26. Let Us make man in our image. And I asked Rabbi Greenstein, I said, um, who is God talking to there? Now, gang, I'm not saying that this is established Jewish position. I don't know that it is. I'm simply telling you what he said to me. Who is God talking to there, says Rabbi Greenstein, whose father is a rabbi, he said that God is talking to the animals. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, welcome back. Um, uh, that's, that's, it is laughable, guys, and I would say that to him. I don't know that I did, but... I, I, um, in that text, let us make man in our own image... God goes over to the orangutan and the aardvark (laughs) and says, uh, hey, fellas, uh, let's make man in our image. And the aardvark says, well, which one of us? You or the orangutan or me? But the the, uh, orangutan says, wait a minute. I look a whole lot more like Adam. Adam wasn't around yet, but I mean, gang. Okay, all I'm saying is, we've got data on our hands. We've got some data. We've got that that Genesis 1, that that, uh, plural singular thing. we got that uh, Holy Spirit thing on verse 2. Now we come to verse 26, and we've got another piece of data. God's talking to somebody. Prior to creation, prior to Adam ever being created, God's talking to somebody. I mean, he's having a nice little uh, piece of fellowship with somebody. I don't know who, but I want to suggest to you, I know that I'm about to lose my mind, but I want to suggest to you, he's not talking to the animals. But that's what I was told. Um, How about this one? And just another, we're just looking for data at this moment. Go to chapter 3. Chapter 3. This is, um, you know, right after the fall. Then the Lord God said, behold, the man has become like one of us. Well, folks, if if you're talking to the aardvarks and the and the orangutans back in verse 26, then maybe you're talking to the orangutans and the aardvarks up here in 322. Then the Lord God said, behold, the man has become like you, Mr. Aardvark. Gang, God said, you, you notice in verse 20, that's, it says God said that, and that, that man has become like one of us. Well, who is that us? Gang, I'm, I'm not saying that that teaches the doctrine of the Trinity. Um, you do know, don't you, that the word Trinity is nowhere found in the Bible, and, and there is, um, it is never explicitly elaborated in Scripture. But the Bible gives us stuff like this, and we're, we're trying to just sort it out for everybody. So that we can, you know, teach people what God is like. And so we've got this kind of information on our hands. Let me show you just one more and then we'll kind of try to move on. But um, go to chapter 18. Chapter 18. And the Lord, and there's that Lord in all caps, and everybody knows what that is. That's Yahweh. And Yahweh appeared to him, that's Abraham, by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day. He lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men. Now, gang, let me me put it like this. I don't think you could ever establish the doctrine of the Trinity from that text. But I think I can say this much. It is perfectly consistent with the doctrine of the Trinity. Uh, We start out with the Lord. Next thing I know, we're over to three men. What happened? Again, guys, you've got a Bible in front of you. You're a scholar. You're trying to sort all this out and and systematize it. And you're coming up with this, 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 and this. And so you try to put it together in in a way that will profit God's people. And the Christian church put this thing together and it's called the Doctrine of the Trinity. Completely revealed. Let me me just add a couple of quick things and and then we'll stop right there, at least for the night. Guys, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this one because we did it, I think, in the fall. Um, But let me just show you... Um, there is this personage, particularly in the Old Testament, um, the angel of the Lord. Remember him? Um, go to Genesis 16. Um, beginning of verse 10, Genesis sixteen ten. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered from And the angel of the Lord said to her, behold, you are the yada, yada, yada. And, um, and then over when, when he's finished talking, um, she speaks, <clears throat> that is, um, Sarah, I mean, Hagar. Hagar speaks, so she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. She called the name of the Lord, who spoke to her? The angel of the Lord spoke to her. Wait a minute. Uh, Who's the angel of the Lord? Well, apparently, Agar thought it was God. Now again, guys, I'm not saying that uh, you could establish your doctrine of the Trinity on this passage. I'm simply saying that if you're going to figure this out, you are being presented with the most sophisticated, the most challenging set of facts that, that grow out of this book. And so the angel of the Lord, by the way, um, we got into it in the fall because it's also found in Exodus chapter three. Do you remember that? Uh, the, the story opens with the angel of the Lord and by the time the story is eight, eight verses later, there's a burning bush and God, I mean, uh, names himself Yahweh, but it was the angel, the angel of the Lord that started the text. Yeah. Do you need to see that? I don't think we've got time. But the point is, guys. All right. So I'm trying to figure out what what the Bible says, and it's called. I mean, God. I mean, the Angel of the Lord is called God. Wait. wait back in Genesis one two, it said the Spirit of God. Hmm. And then there's uh, there's this conversation that's going on in the twenty sixth verse, and then the Lord appears to Abraham, and then three men are standing at his tent. What, 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 do we, what do we got here? And by the way, guys, uh, we don't have time to do this, but um, there is, I'm afraid, um, among the evangelical world, uh, a, 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 a mindset, and maybe it's not a mindset, it's just a notion that the Holy Spirit doesn't come until Acts chapter 2. Oh, but ladies and gentlemen, he comes in two, all right, verse 2 of Genesis Um, 1. Can can I show you, um, uh, I got so many, the book of Judges, um, uh, Othniel, Jephthah, Gideon, they're all clothed by the Holy Spirit, and of course, you remember in our study of Samson, uh, when when the Holy Spirit rushed upon Samson, then, uh, but l- let me show you this one and then we'll quit. Numbers chapter 11. <clears throat> Numbers chapter 11, there's a revolt just about to take place um, in Numbers chapter 11. And look at, um, uh, oh, let's see. Yeah. Uh I hope. Yes. Look at verse 17. And I will come down and talk with you there and I will take some of the spirit that is on you and put it on them. Uh drop down to verse 25. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on him and put them on put him on them. And then verse 29 um But Moses said to them, are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit on them. So Moses is saying, there is a spirit that is operative in me. And what I wish is that God would take that spirit and put it on everybody. And he does do that. He does it in Acts 2 at Pentecost. But that's not to in any way suggest that the Holy Spirit was not present and doing all kinds of things in the Old Testament. Um, in fact, it's I mean, it, as you see here in Numbers 11, the Holy Spirit's present often most frequently has to do with the operation and ministry of the prophets to properly proclaim the word of God. <laughs> Which is of course his assignment when it comes to this book. Gang, do you do you get, I mean w- next week we're going to look at the New Testament. But do you do you get what I'm trying to say? At least um, this thing didn't just come tumbling out of Rome. People sit with this book, and they they come up with these, they they see these statements, and they're trying to say, no, wait a minute now, the angel of the Lord, who's that? Well, and with the spirit of the Lord God, one, two, what is that? And they're talking to somebody, and uh, the three men, and, and so they're gathering all of this data, and now that we've got all the data before us, let's assimilate it. And put it under the rubric of something that is true about God. And the thing that they came up with is this word that's not found in the Scriptures, but it's called the Trinity. And I'm saying to you, brother and sister, that the only thing that will explain so much of the intricacies and the sophistication of the Old Testament and new is the doctrine of the Trinity. Apart from the Trinity... There's no way to explain these things. And Judaism has been stumbling over it. I mean, Islam still stumbling. Hinduism doesn't have any view over it. But we're it. And that's why I started off by saying this is this exclusive property of Christianity. And where did it come from? It came from a statement in Genesis 1-1 that had a plural subject and a singular noun, a singular verb. <laughs> People trying to sort those things out and deliver them so that you can benefit. Gang, um, I, I, I'll, uh, <laughs> Christianity is privileged to have this God as our God, but the only God that he is is a God who is of one substance, but of three persons. Three persons of same substance, equal in power and glory and dignity. It's called the Trinity. Our Father, would you um, remind your people of the beauty of who we belong to, that this is not um, some kind of cultural philosophy that we possess, It is a revealed God who went out of his way to explain himself um, and to give us this mind-blowing, mind-expanding view of who you are and what you're like. Might it be of great uh, comfort and motivation to your people. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.